Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Our scripture lesson this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. I invite you to turn with me in your own Bibles or in the Bibles found there in the pew in front of you. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Hear now these words. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see... I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him. And were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. (coughs) Holy God, you send messengers of good news, of hope, peace, love, and joy. You send them to prepare the way for your glorious realm. Anoint us with your spirit to proclaim your word so that all may turn away from what separates us from you and believe in you through Jesus Christ our way in the wilderness. Amen. Good morning. I am Pastor Corey, and we are so grateful that you have joined us for the second Sunday of Advent, whether you're with us virtually or in person. And as it is the second (coughs) Sunday of Advent, we're continuing our sermon series, Prepare. Last week, Pastor Adam reflected on the theme of what it means to stay awake, keep awake, and to allow ourselves to intentionally look to be on alert for signs of hope, to see Jesus in this season. So today we are considering what it means to prepare this season. And we receive that word prepare from our scripture passage from the Gospel of Mark, and it invites us by invoking the words of the prophet Isaiah. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. And the one who's instructing us to do this is the one, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Crying out in the wilderness. And the wilderness isn't some far off land that we might imagine. In scripture, the wilderness represents a place of deep need. It is where the Israelites wander, desperate for food and water. They cry out. And God responds by sending manna and quail. It's a place where Elijah falls into a deep, deep depression and hears God's voice in the still small voice. 
It's where Hagar, alone and scared, is saved by God. The wilderness is where Moses encounters the burning bush. The wilderness represents the chaos of our lives, the desolation of our circumstances. It is a place of deep longing and deep need, I am sure. There are times in your life that you can recall felt like wilderness living. Maybe you feel that way right now. Like you're wandering in a lonely and lost place. You're hungry, you're tired. And the intensity and heaviness of the chaos doesn't make the path out seem clear. I feel this personally. You may agree our world feels like it's a bit of a wilderness right now. There's so much chaos and confusion. There is so much desolation and pain. The violence in Gaza, the very place Jesus enters into the wilderness of our lives. Images we can't avoid come across our screens, and they are crying out. They are longing for an end to the chaos and suffering, a way out of the wilderness. There's continued violence in Ukraine reminding us of the relentless hunger our sinful nature has for power and domination. The wilderness of our world is all too close. The powers war with each other, and then there is the wilderness in our own lives. Marriages that are struggling and resentment among families that cannot be mended. There's hardships at work, there's financial difficulties, there's sick loved ones, addiction of all kinds, lost relationships, lost, lost loved ones. I think we know what wilderness feels like. Hard and sometimes hopeless. And yet, and yet, a voice cries out in the wilderness. A voice cries out not to the wilderness, but in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. I often feel there are few words so beautiful and comforting in all of Scripture. In fact, that's how the passage that Mark's gospel is quoting from Begins Isaiah 40, comfort, O oh comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her. A voice cries out in the pain and in the suffering and in the chaos. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. We prepare because we believe he is coming. Not despite the chaos but in the midst of it. We prepare the way of the Lord because we are desperate for him to come, and we are reminded this morning that we are not the first to be so desperate. John the Baptist, 2,000 years ago, is found preaching among the people, and he is a man of deep faith. And researching for this message, I'm reminded about who John is. He's a fascinating character. He is, of course, Jesus' cousin, the son of Elizabeth and Zechariah. And from the description we receive from Scripture, he most likely belonged to a Jewish sect of monks known as the Essenes. 
And the Essenes are really famous because they are most likely responsible for preserving some of the best biblical text ever discovered. The Dead Sea Scrolls discovered at Qumran in the 1940s, and those scrolls date from about the 3rd century BCE to the 1st century CE, so right in the midst of the time we're thinking about. And it's likely because of the way that John is described in his dress and in his dietary preferences that he belonged to this group and in his deep commitment also to believing the Messiah is coming. Also, the Essenes were known for taking in male orphans and raising them as monks. And since we know John's parents were much, much older, some believe that they most likely died while he was still a child. And the Essenes took him in and raised him in the faith. But where John diverges from the Essenes is that this belief and commitment to the coming Messiah that the Essenes had was really preserved for those just within their community. They believed they were the faithful remnant that would benefit from the coming of the Messiah. But John believed this good news, as evidenced in scripture, that the news of a Messiah was too good to keep quiet. And so he goes on the road, and he starts teaching, and he starts preaching and instructing people, the time is coming for the Messiah to come and bring about salvation that is far more complete than anything we have ever known. He's preparing the way for the Lord. He is the voice crying out in the wilderness, in the midst of his people's pain and oppression and hunger. John's also known as the baptizer. And the baptism he offers represented a cleansing of one's sin. Again, very in line with the practices of the Essenes. They had a ceremonial bath that was used for this purpose. You descend one set of stairs, receive the ritualistic purification through the waters, and you would ascend another set of stairs. John takes this practice on the road with him, and he preaches that the Messiah is coming and we must prepare ourselves to receive him. We prepare when we know someone is coming. And the way John instructs us to prepare for the Messiah's coming is through repentance. Now, that word may trigger certain feelings within some of us. It can be quite harsh and can be used as a way to incite fear. But that's a misuse. That's a misinterpretation of what repentance means. Let me explain. Repentance is translated from the Greek word metanoia, meaning to change one's mind, and from the Hebrew word teshuva, meaning to turn back. So repentance or repenting is about turning away from what does not connect us to God and turning toward what does. It is about refocusing, reordering our lives internally to receive the gift of God's grace. About refocusing and reordering our lives internally to receive that gift of God's grace, of God's love. Repentance prepares us to turn toward God, to transform our hearts and our minds toward Christ. You know those familiar words. Let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. Repentance is an act of preparation. 
to make room within our hearts to receive all that Christ has to offer to us. The gift of salvation and forgiveness and transformation, the gifts of hope and peace and joy and love. Let every heart prepare him room. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. We prepare ourselves to receive Christ in the very wilderness of our lives. Listen to me. We do not leave the wilderness to find Jesus. Jesus comes to the wilderness to find us. We do not leave the wilderness to find Jesus. Jesus comes to the wilderness to find us. That is the story of Christmas. Remember that this Advent season. Cling to it. One of my favorite pastors, Meredith Miller, writes, Christmas is not here to offer us a four-week escape from the pain of the world with a paper-thin layer of twinkle lights. It is not here to anesthetize us with bows and eggnog lattes. I take that one personally. <laughs> Christmas is not offering us the chance to escape the ache of life through piles of presents. Christmas is God saying, yes, this pain is too much. Yes, it is too sad. Yes, the ache is too great. Hang on. I'll come carry it with you. Jesus hears the voice in the wilderness and comes to us right where we are in the chaos and in the pain and in the sadness. Jesus says, it is too much. Here I am to bear it with you. How are we making room this season, preparing our hearts for the presence of Jesus? What is something we need to repent or turn away from to make room? What is something we need to set aside in order to make a way for God in our own hearts and spirits? Now, I'm actually just going to give you a few moments to think. And if you feel inclined, maybe you can write a note down for yourself or put it in the notes app in your phone. Just one or two things that you feel like you might need to be repenting or turning away from this season to make room to receive Christ, and then we'll have an opportunity for response. Just take a moment. Hopefully you've had just a moment to think of one or two items, and maybe use that this season as a guide in your own prayer life to ask God to remove that barrier, to help you turn away. I'm going to invite you to turn in your hymnal to page 12. And as we've named these things to ourselves, we've written them down, I invite you to join in the prayer of confession together. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and that proves God's love toward us. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. It's one way we prepare ourselves to receive communion, to receive the body and the blood of Jesus by repenting, by asking God's forgiveness so that we might fully receive the grace that comes. John also calls us to repentance as he invites us to participate in the act of baptism, the only other sacrament in our tradition other than communion. And repentance is central to our understanding of what happens in baptism. We repent, we confess, we've fallen short of God's glory. And then we receive the gift of water as a symbol of God's grace. God's love washing over us, washing away, purifying us of our sin. We die to ourselves and then we rise with Christ. We're born again through the waters of baptism and empowered by the Holy Spirit to live as new creations. Baptism is our initiation into the body of Christ, and this is good news. We don't have to do anything to earn it. We don't have to achieve any level of moral uprightness or pass any tests. Jesus doesn't come to save those who are already saved. He comes to meet those who are lost, broken, in need of healing and salvation. Jesus comes to the wilderness and invites us into the waters of baptism, just as John did at the Jordan, calling us to repentance, calling us to prepare our hearts to make room, to make a way for Jesus to come close. And so as we remember the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, one who preached repentance and offered an invitation to baptism, I invite you this morning during our closing song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Come forward, there's water in our baptismal font. To remember your baptism, you can dip your hand in the water, make the mark of the cross on your forehead if you'd like. Receive that gift, that reminder. And if you haven't been baptized, and that's something you desire, please come talk to Pastor Adam or myself. We would love to have that conversation with you. Remember your baptism. Remember the call on your life to repent, to change your mind, to turn toward God, and remember God's response of love, Emmanuel. To remember this Advent that we do not leave the wilderness to find Jesus. Jesus comes to the wilderness to find us. All we have to do is prepare room in our hearts to accept the invitation of his presence, of his grace, and of his perfect love. Let every heart prepare him room. Let us prepare. Let us repent. Let us remember our baptism. Let us pray. Prayer by Steve Holmes. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Holy One. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. That love would move through me, but for the rubble and clutter I cling to. God, move aside what needs to be moved. Clear away for loveliness. Fire up the gentle bulldozer of your grace. Put your little orange stakes of mercy where the road goes. 
Mark what needs to be cut out and cut it. Fill with your presence my pits of fear, my potholes of discouragement and despair. Level my piles of self-importance, smooth out my bitterness, strengthen what's bent, and clear out what's in the way of love. In that wilderness in me, prepare the way for your mystery to unfold. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.